welcome to Thousand Hills Ranch Church. We're excited for you to hear this message, and we hope it blesses your life. Today, I want to continue a series that we started a couple weeks ago. And the series title is this, Unconditional. Unconditional, how to love like you've never been hurt. And I, I'll give you the inspiration behind this. Obviously, uh, in, in our lives, we go through pain, and I've experienced some hurt and pain, you know, in the recent months. But, but I've also been reading a book, and I, I meant to bring it this morning. I brought it last time, uh, entitled Love Like You've Never Been Hurt by a, a pastor named Jensen Franklin. Anybody ever heard of Jensen Franklin? You could probably see him on TV. He's a, a great pastor. He pastors in, in Georgia. But he wrote this book, and I'm telling you, if you've ever been hurt, if you've ever, um, you know, felt like you needed to get over some hurt, this is a great book for you, and so I encourage you uh, to read that. But I have a question. How many of you guys have ever been hurt by someone that you've loved? Anybody? Raise your hand. Yeah, everybody's been hurt by someone that that you've loved. You've been let down. You've been misunderstood. uh, You've been betrayed, and, and, and we've all been hurt. And so understand this. The struggle is real, right? I mean, everybody has gone through pain. Um, but I, I'll, I'll give you a few facts of life. You, you, you know, if you don't know this already, hurt is inevitable. You are going to go through pain. You are going to go through hurt. Uh, the second thing that I want you to realize is those who love you the most, guess what? They have the ability to hurt you the most. Um, I don't know if you've experienced that, but those that I've loved the most have been usually the ones who have hurt me the most. And here's the third thing, and you need to recognize this. The hurt, uh, the devil is the one who causes most of the hurt. It's the devil that we're fighting against. And and as I shared a few weeks ago, uh, the devil wants nothing more than to destroy Thousand Hills Ranch Church. That's his goal, and, and, and he desires to ruin me, he desires to ruin you, he desires to ruin our church, and he wants to hurt us so bad that we give up, that we quit, that we write it off, and we say, okay, we're done, and you say, well, why does the devil want to do that? Well, because that's who he is, and that's the evil you know, person that he is. John 10, 10, you've heard it before. It says the thief comes, which is the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And, and so I want you to recognize that. The battle, the, the, the Bible says the battle is not against flesh and blood. And so many times we want to fight a battle of hurt against someone. But that's not the battle. The battle is actually the devil trying to hurt us so much, trying to wound us so much that we will give up. And guess what? He's going to come after you, and he's going to try to hurt you enough that you'll give up. And if he can't hurt you enough, guess what? He's going to come after your spouse, and he's going to try to destroy her, destroy him, so that you guys will give up on marriage or give up on, you know, church or give up on your family. And if he can't get your spouse, guess who else he'll come after? He'll come after your kids, and he'll try to destroy your kids by allowing them to experience hurt and, and, and they'll give up and all with the desire to, to, uh, to wound us so bad that we give up on God. But here's the cool thing. And, and again, if you didn't hear uh, the message I spoke two weeks ago, you need to listen to it. Our, our church has been through some pain. We've been through some, uh, some, some experience that, uh, you know, again, I wouldn't wish on any church, but here's the, here's the, here's the great thing. We're still here. <laughs> We're still here. We're still here to worship God. 
We're still here to give him praise. We're still here to to grow in our love for one another. We're still here this morning to learn how to love like we've never been hurt. And so here's what that tells me. The devil isn't winning. Are you with me? I mean, that's something we should celebrate. The devil isn't winning. The devil is, is, is not getting victory over you and I because we are here to worship God and to praise him. And so I'm telling you, thank you, thank you, thank you for not giving up on God, not giving up on people because people are not gonna be perfect, but we have to love them like we've never been hurt. Amen? Amen. And so, you know, uh, the part one, a couple weeks ago, we looked at the, the story of King David. Uh, king David had a few ambassadors. He sends him to uh, a, a kingdom where the king has died and his son has taken over rule. And he sends these ambassadors to pay honor to the king that had passed away, right? His name was Nabash, and, and the, the, the king's son was Hanan. But when the ambassadors get to, to Hanan, guess what? He listens to some commanders that tell him, hey, these ambassadors from David, they're not here to pay homage to your father. They're actually here to scout you out so that they can destroy your city. And so what did King Hanan do? King Hanan actually humiliated the ambassadors. Remember what he did? He cut off half their beards. Not only did he cut off half their beards, he actually cut off half their robes and exposed their what? Buttocks. Remember that word? I had all you guys say that because it's just enjoyable to hear you say it. But he exposed them. I mean, they were mooning everybody, right? Because they had cut off their robes and cut off half their beard. And here's what we learned. Just like those ambassadors were just obeying the king and doing their job, here's what we learned. Even though we obey our King Jesus, guess what? We can still get hurt. I mean, a lot of times we're like, man, I'm just obeying Christ. Why am I so, you know, persecuted? Why do people, you know, want to, you know, just, you know, do wrong by me? Listen, you can still get hurt by obeying the king. It's not inevitable that you're not going to get hurt. But, but here's, here's, what we, here's what we need to, you know, remember as well. Uh, part two or, or, or part one, number two is this. The king covers our butts. Remember that? What did King David do to the ambassadors? He actually sent them to Jericho before they came home and he let their beards grow back and he got a seamstress and he sewed the, you know, the material back on their robes so that they wouldn't go home humiliated anymore. And you say, well, what's that mean for us? Well, here's what it means. God is near the brokenhearted. When you get hurt, guess what? He's gonna find a place of refuge so that you can heal from it. That's what God does. He doesn't protect us always from the hurt, but he does cover our butts. And so the question that we began to answer last week or the week before was how do we respond to the hurt? I mean, how do we respond to our kids when they disobey us and they hurt us? How do we respond to them when we teach them the way of the Lord and they choose the way of the world? How do we respond to that? How do we respond to our spouse who we love when our spouse hurts us? How do we, how do we respond to people when they turn their backs on us and they you know, betray us and they let us down? Well, the answer isn't easy, but listen, it's always right. And you say, well, what is the answer? Well, the answer is we must love like we've never been hurt. I don't know if you, you know, again, have ever tried this, but, but it's hard. It's hard to love like you've never been hurt because the truth is we have been. 
I mean, again, it's real. We get hurt all the time. Uh, but the scripture that we looked at was 1 Corinthians 13. And I want to I look at it again today, and I want to pull a point out of it uh, again today. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And here's the thing about uh, this uh, chapter. It's obviously known as the love chapter. I use it a lot in weddings. But here's what I want you to realize. This isn't just about marriage. This is about loving everybody and loving even our enemies. And so look at it, what it says in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13. It says, if I could speak of all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't what? Love others. I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all great, uh, God's great plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't what? Love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Listen to this. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. Anybody need to hear that one? Come on now. <laughs> it's not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice in injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It, it is always hopeful and endures through what? Every circumstance. And you say, well, how do, how do we respond to those that have hurt us? How do I respond to that? Again, that person that stabbed me in the back. How do I respond to, you know, all those people that have let me down? Listen, our job is to love like we've never been hurt. To love. I mean, the Bible says we can have a great church. The Bible says you can have all these great gifts. You can make all this money. You can have, you know, everything that the world says that you're supposed to have. But if you don't have love, listen, you have nothing. You have nothing. And so what we have to realize is love isn't easy, but it's always right. It's always right. Um, to, to, to love others unconditionally, I want to look at a, a, a one main point, and then I want to give you some, uh, some other key thoughts, and then we'll be done. But to love others unconditionally, uh, you know, number one is this. We have to stop keeping record and start losing count. I want you to hear it again. We have to stop keeping records and we have to start losing count. Look at 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5 again. It says, love is patient, love is kind. It is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps what? No record of being wronged. No record of being wronged. Um, and if you're, a, if you're a rancher or a cattleman or anything like that, uh, t- typically you have what they call a tally book, right? Anybody got a tally book where you just kind of keep notes? Come on now, people. You got tally books, whether it's a notepad or maybe it's in your phone now, but nowadays. But you got a tally book that you stick in your pocket um, and you keep tallies of, you know, your cows or whatever else. I mean, but, but here's what I've learned in my own life. A lot of times I have a tally book of hurt. Anybody have a tally book of hurt? Yeah, your spouse, you know, she says something to you and it hurts your feelings and you're like, all right, got that one in there, you know, you're hit. <laughs> Did I touch on a, a nerve right there? It goes both ways. 
It goes both ways, absolutely. Everybody hurts everybody, but a lot of times, you know, we keep that record of something that they said or did or, you know, whatever in our tally book. Or maybe you have a friend, and that friend, for some reason, just says the stupidest stuff to you and doesn't, you know, always think before they talk. And they always say something, and you, again, maybe write that down. Oh, yeah, she said this, he said this, you know, whatever. Maybe it's a, a coworker. Maybe at work where you're like, hey, you're working and you're doing your job, but they take credit for your work. And you write that down in your tally book. I don't know, I don't know if the devil gets you like that, but the devil gets me like that sometimes. I, I keep tallies of, you know, of things that have been done wrong to me. And if the devil can control us and control our minds, guess what? We hold on to the hurt and we store it in our little tally book. And I don't know about you, but a lot of times I, I replay that hurt over and over and over in my mind. And it keeps me from sleeping. It keeps me from being who God wants me to be. Anybody ever felt that? Yeah, I mean, a lot of us have felt that. Um, but here's the thing. When we love like we've never been hurt, guess what we ought to do? We ought to tear up the tally book of hurt. It's just like the verse said. We are, you know, love keeps no record of being wronged and so we're to tear up that tally book of hurt and not only that but we're also to lose count listen to this this is stuff that that again i believe will set you free today and i've been praying for this you know for a couple weeks now and i believe someone's going to be set free uh from from this but we we also have to lose count of how many times we've had to forgive them i mean think about it I mean, you know, I'll read you a story, a story in the Bible. Peter is asking Jesus, how many times, you know, must I forgive others when they wrong me? And listen to this In, in Matthew chapter 18. It says, then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? I mean, I think I think he had somebody in mind. Anybody? He had somebody in mind. He's like, I'm at number six. I'm just going to try Jesus. I'm going to see if it's seven, <laughs> and then I can just write them off, right? He goes, how many times should I, you know, forgive someone who sinned against me? Seven times? And then what does Jesus say? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Now you say, well, okay, that's 490 times. I'm at 439 <laughs> with, the, you know, with, the, with this person. No, listen, you know, what, you know what Jesus is essentially saying there? He's saying it's an infinite number. You say, how many times am I supposed to forgive somebody? Listen, he says, it doesn't matter. Forgive him as many times as it takes. That's what we are called to do. And so through the, you know, pain that I've experienced in my life and through the, you know, the, um, the pain that we've experienced, you know, even in recent months, here's what I've found. The only release that I have from that pain is when I forgive. I mean, I can, you know, get back at him. I can, you know, think bad thoughts. I can wish, you know, something bad against him. I can do all those things. But the only time that I've ever found relief from the hurt and the pain and the resentment that I, you know, have experienced because somebody has hurt me is when I forgive them. That's the release of it. Um, I'll give you a few examples. And again, um, I'll just, uh, this is just me being vulnerable, so just take it for whatever it is. Um, Last week, I actually text about 10 people, um, and I said, you know, something like, well, I just asked for their forgiveness, to be honest with you. Um, I uh, had held resentment against some people that have hurt me, 
Um, and they, they obviously did something against me, but, but I felt like God was telling me, hey, Bo, you need to ask for their forgiveness. And I'm like, well, they're the ones who wronged me, but you want me to ask for their forgiveness? And he said, yeah, you have resentment against them in your heart, and it's eating you up. And so you need to ask them to forgive you. And so I texted, you know, eight or ten people, and uh, only two replied. Um, praise God, they replied, and we were able to reconcile some things and, 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 and talk through it and, and, you know, forgive each other. But, but, but here's the thing. You know, eight or ten of them, they didn't reply, and that's okay. Again, I, I'll talk about that in just a second. But the result from that, from me texting them, and, and, you know, again, we used to write letters. I thought about writing a letter, but I don't even know how to use a pen anymore. <laughs> and, and I didn't want it to get lost in the mail, and it cost money. So that was free text. And, and so, so, again, the result of that, guess what? I, I felt that burden lifted from me. You know why? Because I had done my part to, to ask for their forgiveness. Again, did they reply and say, hey, let, you know, I need you to forgive me too? Well, the majority of them didn't. But guess what? I found release, and I'm able to sleep better. I, I think you know, less about what's gone on. I, I'm freed from the burden of unforgiveness. And so here's, here's what I've learned. Once you've forgiven someone you know, that has hurt you, guess what? Forgiveness sets you free. I mean, forgiveness holds the key to freedom and healing in your life. And when we forgive, guess what? We release God's power in our lives to bring healing. And some of you guys are like, well, you know, they hurt you. I mean, why the heck are you asking them to forgive, you know, forgive you when they've hurt you? Well, again, God, had, he revealed to me that I was holding resentment. You say, well, how do you know if you're holding resentment or not? Well, here's, here's how I know when I think about it a lot, when I, when I, and I can't get it out of my mind. When I, again, I replay it in my mind a lot, and it, and it just eats me alive. It eats me up emotionally and physically and all those things. And so I had to ask for their forgiveness, and I don't know if they, you know, cared. I don't know if they gasped and they were like, what? You know, he's asking for my forgiveness. I, and again, I don't know if they didn't reply because, you know, they, they were just dumbfounded that I asked or whatever. I don't know. But none of that matters. I had to do what God had told me to do and ask for their forgiveness. And, 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 and here's why. You say, well, why? Well, I'm going to give you a few thoughts and then I'm done. The first thing is this. We forgive so that God will forgive us. I want you to hear this because some of you guys are like, you know, God will forgive you of everything. Well, uh, there are, there are, I don't know if you know this or not, but there are two unforgivable sins in the Bible. And many people don't talk about this because it's like, you know, it's kind of hard to understand. But there are actually two unforgivable sins in the Bible. The first one is this, the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you guys have never heard of that. And to be honest with you, I don't understand truly what it means to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. But what I've been taught and what I've kind of wrestled with is, you know, someone that constantly rejects the Lord's, you know, call for salvation in their life. I don't know how long that takes. I don't know what it, you know, if it's, you know, years, I don't know. But if you constantly reject the Holy Spirit calling you to himself, at some point God says, all right, I'm done. Now, again, I hope that you don't have to experience that because you've actually surrendered your life to him. But that's one unforgivable sin, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. You can read about it in Mark chapter 3. But you know what the second thing is that's unforgivable? Not forgiving others. 
Look at the scripture, uh, scripture in Matthew chapter 6. It says this. It says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your heavenly Father will what? Will not forgive you your sins. Now again, this is hard to swallow, but it's true. And, and this is scripture. I mean, that's Jesus talking right there. And, and he says, but if you refuse to forgive others, your heavenly father, your father will not forgive your sins. You know what Jesus is saying? He's saying to not forgive is unforgivable. And here's the deal. If you don't release forgiveness, guess what? You won't receive forgiveness. You say, me not, are, you, are you saying I lose my salvation? No, I'm not saying that. But you are not forgiven of your sin if you are not able to forgive others of their sin. And, so, and I mean, there's so many questions that go behind this. You're like, well, what if I don't know that I have unforgiveness in my life? Is God not going to forgive me? I think God covers that. But at some point, when, when he begins to reveal people in your life that you need to forgive, if you do not offer them forgiveness, the Bible says that God will not forgive you. I don't know about you, but I want to be forgiven. I want God to forgive me of my sins daily. As I commit a sin, I want God to forgive me of my sins. And so listen, we have to be set free by forgiving other people so that God can forgive us. And when we don't forgive, here's what happens. We lead ourselves to our own destruction. I don't know if you've experienced this, but I've experienced it. I, when I don't forgive somebody or don't offer them forgiveness, it leads to emotional destruction in my life. I think about it, like I've said already. I, I, I get a little, you know, sensitive. My wife, she can say just the simplest thing, and it kind of sets me off. My kids can get a little loud, and it kind of irritates me because I have unforgiveness in my, in my heart and in my mind, and I have resentment and bitterness and all those things. So it destroys me emotionally. It destroys me physically. I mean, I don't know if you've ever had issues with a family member or somebody else in your life that has hurt you or that you're going through a hard time with, but it can physically destroy you with stress, you know, I mean, uh, you know, panic attacks, you know, uh, all those things, you know, your mind, you can't, you know, release your mind. It's just like in a fog and you have a nervous breakdown because all the emotional and physical things that are going on in your life because of unforgiveness. But the most important thing is this. It can destroy you spiritually. I mean, your fellowship with God is hindered because you have unforgiveness in your life. You don't feel close to God because you have unforgiveness in your life. You feel burdened all because you have unforgiveness and sin in your life. And God will not forgive you until you forgive other people. Now, for me, that's pretty hard to swallow. I mean, when I think about that, I'm thinking, holy crap, that means that I need to worry about and I need to think about those that I've not forgiven and I need to make that right. And the answer is absolutely. Get it done. Again, we ask, you know, others to forgive us so that God will forgive us uh, as well. And, 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 you, and if you're like me, you're thinking, well, I'm not going to give them any indication that they've hurt me. I'm not going to, you know, give them any indication that they've let me down. They don't deserve my forgiveness. Listen, (laughs) point number two is this. We're, We're to forgive even if they don't ask for our forgiveness. 
We're to forgive even if they don't ask for our forgiveness. I mean, I got no reply by, by a few of those people. But listen, I, I did my part. I forgave. I asked for their forgiveness. I've asked God to forgive me for, you know, the things that I've done. And, and, and listen, here, here's what I want you to realize. You are a follower of Jesus Christ. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Many of you think, I don't have the power to forgive that person. That person wronged me. Listen, that's why you have Jesus. Unforgiveness is the way of the world, and it will destroy you. And so as a believer in Jesus Christ, you ought to live a different lifestyle. You ought to think different. You ought to act different. You ought to offer forgiveness even if they don't give a flip. That's why we call ourselves believers. And that's why we ought to live a different lifestyle. And so again, a lot of times people are never going to ask for your forgiveness. They're never going to acknowledge you. They're never going to even, you know, you know, acknowledge that you asked for it or you gave it or you offered it. But forgiveness must be given immediately. It must be given uh, immediately. And not only, you know, will you not be forgiven if you don't ask for forgiveness or forgive somebody else, but here's the other thing. And this is, again, you need to hear this because this is going to set you free. Your, your sacrifice to God, your, your worship to God, your offerings to God, they will not be received. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, listen to this scripture. Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24 says, so if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar and go and be what? Let's say it together. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. You see what he's saying? I mean, you can come to church and you can praise and worship all you want, but if there's something that you've got against somebody else and you haven't released it, God says, I'm not going to receive your sacrifice until you make that right. I don't know about you, but that's, again, a big thing to swallow. But listen, this is, this is awesome. I love preaching this because here's why. You're going to be set free from some things. My prayer is that you're set free from unforgiveness in your life. That's what God desires. And you say, well, what does it mean to be reconciled? Well, it means to make things right. It means that you go to them and you say, I, I need to make things right. And then guess what? God says, I'll receive your gift. Come back and you give that tithe, you give that offering, you give that praise, you give all those things to me and I'll receive it. And you say, Bo, what if they don't reciprocate? I mean, what if they don't respond in, in, to the forgiveness? Here's what I want you to know. That's not on you. It's not on you. Uh, look at Romans twelve eighteen. It says, if it is possible, and listen, if it is possible, as far as it depends upon who? On you, live at peace with everybody. Again, what is it saying? It's saying, as much as it depends upon you, you can't control anybody else's emotion, but as much as it depends upon you, live at peace with everyone. In other words, do your part to reconcile. Do your part to forgive. Do your part to, you know, to, to live at peace, and God will take care of the rest. And so we must forgive even though they don't ask you know, us to forgive them. Here's number three. Forgiving isn't saying that what they did was okay. I don't know about you, but a lot of times I'm like, 
I don't want to ask for their forgiveness because then they're going to think that what they did wasn't wrong. Anybody been there? Yeah. I don't, I don't want to give them a, a, you know, a, a clue that maybe what they did to me wasn't bad. It was bad. It is bad. But oftentimes we buy into this false truth that, you know, that, you know, forgiving them, you know, is saying that what they did was okay. Listen, it's not saying that. Just because you forgive someone and you love them like you've never been hurt doesn't mean that you're saying that what they did to you was right. It's actually just setting you free. Are you with me? I mean, I, I, I look at my kids sometimes, and my kids, they may lie. They may uh, disappoint me. They may be doing something wrong. But, but listen, that doesn't mean that, you know, just because I forgive them and I love them, even though they did something wrong, that doesn't mean that, that what they did was okay, right? I mean, it doesn't mean that if they lied to me that that means it's okay, right? I mean, think about it. You know, in some cases, people should pay consequences for what they did to us. This is the part we like. <laughs> Anybody with me? I want you to hear this. You know, a kid disobeys, they should be grounded. Amen? Amen. I mean, if they disobey, they should be disciplined, right? Amen. Just because we love them, just because, again, we forgive them, doesn't mean that they shouldn't pay consequences. I mean, if someone kills, you know, a loved one in your family, guess what? They should still go to prison. Amen? Amen? Even though we forgive them, even though we love them, they have to pay the consequences. If an employee steals from you, they might need to be fired. So again, you're not saying, hey, you know, this is okay. I'm just going to welcome you back in and, and you're going to be able to do whatever you want. No, consequences may be in order. And guess what? Vengeance is still okay too. And you say vengeance, so, so vengeance is still okay. You know, vengeance isn't, uh, the Bible doesn't ever say that vengeance is always wrong. Guess what it says? It's just not our job. Are you with me? You say, well, I want to give revenge, man. I want to pay them back. No, listen, listen to what the scripture says in Romans chapter 12, verse 19 and 21. It says, dear friends, never what? Take never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of who? Of God, for the scripture says, I will take revenge. And God's talking here, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies, this is the part you don't like, if your enemies are hungry, what? Feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, this is the part we do like, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Can I get an amen? I mean, (laughs) is it okay to enjoy, you know, some of this? I think it is, okay? Um, but at the end of the day, listen to what it says. It says, we are not to take revenge. What else does it say? It says, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by what? Doing good. Vengeance is okay, but it's not our job. God will revenge our enemies, it's God's job, the Lord's job to not or to, to hold them accountable. And we are called to do good and love like we've never been hurt. And so loving others unconditionally means that we don't, when we ask for their forgiveness, we're not saying that things are okay. And here's, here's the last thing. Not everyone that you forgive needs to be a part of your life. Some of you are like, man, I, you know, I don't know if I should forgive that person or I don't know if I should make it right because then I'm going to have to let them back in my life. There are some pe- people in some relationships that it's just unhealthy for you to be in that relationship. And some of you got, 
some of you guys need to hear this because some of you guys are like, man, I, you know, if I forgive them, that means I got to welcome them back into my home and I got to welcome them back into my life and in my heart and I got to trust them again. No, listen, you know, some people, again, are untrustworthy. Some people are abusive and to have close relationships with them would be unhealthy. Again, reconciliation doesn't mean that you will, be, you know, they will be a trusted friend again. I go back to Romans 12, 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends upon you, live at peace with everyone. But here's what I want you to realize. Peace may come at a distance, and it's still okay. I'll give you a few examples. You know, there's um, been, um, there was a man in my life when I was a a young kid uh, who tried to sexually uh, assault me um, and a bunch of kids in our youth group. And, uh, you know what? I had to forgive him. I had to forgive him and I had to, I had to move on. But here's, here's what I do know. For me to be in a relationship with him, not going to happen. Can I forgive him and move on? Absolutely. And is God okay with that? Absolutely. Maybe you, your parent abused you as a child. Is forgiveness right? Absolutely. You need to forgive them. But is a relationship with them healthy every time? No. You're not a doormat. God doesn't want you to be abused over and over again because you're supposed to love somebody. Are you, here? Are you with me? I mean, again, just because, you know, maybe a business partner cheats you out of some money. Forgiveness is right. But to do business with them again, you'd be a fool. You know what I'm saying? I mean, think about it. This, again, you may not think well, this is true, but listen, some people are stupid. Some people go back for more and more and more. And God says, I want you to forgive them, but at some point, it's okay to have distance in your relationship. Are you supposed to serve them and feed them and all that stuff? Yes, you can do that. And God wants you to do that. But at the end of the day, is every relationship going to be reconciled to where you trust them again? Probably not. And that's okay. And so listen, never, you know, never... Never think that just because you are forgiving that person that they have to be a trusted friend and you have to trust them again. And so not everybody uh, that you forgive needs to be a part of your life. And so here's what I want to end on. You say, what have we learned on how to be, you know, or how to love somebody like we've never been hurt? Here's the deal. We have to forgive. You have to forgive. You have to forgive. Forgiveness isn't a feeling, it's a choice. <laughs> here's what I've learned. I'm probably not gonna feel like forgiving them but that's why it's not a feeling it's a choice and i have to choose to obey god and so listen we have to stop keeping record and start losing count i'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second with your head bowed and your eyes closed and again we we just ask you to do that so that you can kind of concentrate so you can focus in. And here's the thing. I want to ask you a few questions. How many of you guys, when, when I talked about unforgiveness or you know, someone that has hurt you, how many of you guys had a, a, a person's face come into your mind? Anybody? Raise your hand. Would you raise your hand? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but when I think about this, I think you know, God reveals to us the people that we need to forgive. And guess what? That's a good thing. Some of you guys are like, I don't want to think about them. Well, listen, maybe there's some unforgiveness in your life that you need to get rid of. You need to release. 
because it's destroying you. And so some of you, again, that person that came to your mind, you need to go to them. You need to ask for their forgiveness so that you can be reconciled. So that God can forgive you of your sin. So that you can be set free. So that you can receive that forgiveness. And so my question again is, are you holding back forgiveness? I mean, is there anybody in your life that you need to be reconciled to? Maybe, maybe you're here today and, and you're, you're afraid, man. If you ask them for their forgiveness, then they're, they're going to think that what they did was okay. Listen, get over it. Get over that. Don't let that keep you from a right relationship with God. Don't let that keep you from, you know, not going down that destruction emotionally and physically and spiritually. Get over it. Move forward with the power of God and forgive them. It's the only way that you will truly find release. Maybe you're, you're thinking, well, I don't, you know, again, they haven't asked for my forgiveness. They probably don't even know that I have resentment. I'm not even going to bring it up. Listen, that's the devil too saying, hey, you know, God... God doesn't care or he's, you know, maybe saying in your mind that, you know, they have to ask for forgiveness before you forgive them. No, listen, it doesn't matter. God has called us to be different. Your friends may not do it, but you need to do it. They may not respond to you, right? They may not reciprocate forgiveness. They might not even acknowledge that you've asked for it. But at the end of the day, you are going to be set free. Please listen. Unforgiveness will bring you down. It will drag you to the depths of hell. And you will be miserable until you make it right. And so for some of us today, we need to stop keeping record of wrongs in our life. We need to tear up that tally book of hurt. And we need to start losing count. And so my prayer is that you will do that that whatever it takes, whether it's a text, whether it's a phone call, whether it's, you know, walking across the hall, you know, whatever it is, walking across the street to your neighbor, whatever it is, that you will seek forgiveness, that you will make it right so that you can be released and you can receive forgiveness and healing in your life. Listen, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to close this in a word of prayer. If you uh, need help, if you need uh, someone to come alongside of you and pray with you, that's why we're here. I mean, I offer myself, but if you, uh, you know, come today and you want to, you know, receive prayer, you have more questions, you want counseling, you want, you know, a Bible, maybe you don't have a Bible, whatever it is, we are here to give those things to you. And that's why we are here at Thousand Hills to be able to do that. So if you need help, if you need someone to go with you, maybe, We've got, you know, people that would love to be able to go with you and, and help you reconcile with those friends or those family people that you, that you have unforgiveness with. And so listen, that's why we're here. And so I want to close this in a word of prayer. I want to I pray for strength for all of us so that we can love people like we've never been hurt. And so maybe in your heart, you pray this with me. Lord, I open my heart I open it up because I I want you to reveal whatever's in it, whether it's resentment, whether it's unforgiveness, I open my heart and I want to 
forgive anybody and everybody that, that has hurt me. So show me who they are so that I can forgive them. I'm choosing today, Lord, to extend forgiveness to anybody that I need to be set free from. Lord, I thank you that you've given me the strength to overcome unforgiveness. And I thank you for releasing me of, of the burden and the destruction that I've, that I've you know, headed in t- and, and headed toward. And I thank you for that. And so thank you for forgiving me. Lord, I do pray for each person in this room. And I do ask that if there's anybody in this room that does have something against their brother or their sister or friend or whoever it is, Lord, that they would make it right and be set free today. Lord, help us to stop keeping records and start losing count. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us at Thousand Hills. We pray your life was changed by what you heard. If you've made a commitment today, contact us at 580-216-6427 or check out our website at thousandhillsranch.church where you can give your tithes. Thank you again and have a great week.